and welcome to this week's episode of Sorry You're In My Seat, a weekly podcast that unites two best friends on a quest to find the greatest movies of all time. My name's Aaron and each week I have the pleasure of talking movies and films with my best buddy James. Hello there. And this week's no exception as we roll into another week. James, what has Army of Darkness, Batman Returns, Hellraiser 3, Candyman, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the, the movie... Um, Reservoir Dogs, Death Becomes, uh, White Men Can't Jump, Stop or My Mum Will Shoot. What have they all got in common? When were they released in 1992? As was my cousin Vinny. I'd like to point out that I had all of those except for Army of Darkness. I didn't write that down in my notes. No, (laughs) not to worry. This week, as you probably guessed from the name of the episode to download in, um, we continue our quest of the 90s. So we've done episodes now on... For some reason, completely out of order. I think it's because we asked for what was the best year in film, and we got two. We got like 94, we got like 96 and 98. Yes, probably uh, three. But probably since three, then, we've done yeah. 97, 99, yeah. we've done 94, which was a great year. I believe it was. I believe it's the winner so far of the 90s. Can I just say, though, watching back and reading through the list, the 90s were a better time for film. It was an insane it's, time. It's between years because 992 is not even considered one of the best. When you Google it, or when we asked you, you were like, 94, 98, they're the best. Mm. Birth of the Matrix, Jurassic Park. But but this year gave us Unforgiven, and you don't even fucking mention 992 <laughs> in your list when you when you ask for this. Few it's good, unbelievable. Few good men, Universal <laughs> Soldier. And I will say it now, the best... Mel Gibson at the peak of his of his Uh-oh. just hottest <laughs> Here we in go. Forever Young. <laughs> God, he was dashing, mate. I've, in that I've, film. There's so many I've skipped on this. <laughs> the hand that rocks the cradle. Yeah, there you go. There's a, there's a cracker. You Basic got- instinct. Sharon Stone couldn't close her legs. <laughs> she, she, I wish she had. It's like the biggest achievement in film is that she kind of showed it and he made a career out of it. Dracula. Michael Douglas having a look. (laughs) Dracula. I mean, uh, you can't win them all. You can't win them all. Can I just say, though, that it's universally accepted that Gary Oldman's portrayal of Dracula is fantastic, but Mr. Nice himself brings that fucking film down. Keanu Reeves. Yeah. You've got to go to London. Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. Uh, yeah, uh, it's, what a year, I mean, that we're going to dissect. And as we have done with all of our 90s episodes, looking at well, what was the best film from that year, we got to crown one. Yeah, it's going to be difficult. And, um, and just not really, really kind of grade the year as a whole. But so far, every year has been uh, has been great. So like all things, we're going to miss a film that you love that came out in this year. And we apologise, but if we talk about literally every every film that came out this year would go crazy and also I've had to use the US release dates because obviously um, most of the information came out mm. from the US so if I got one or two wrong I'm apologetic I mean, for that and there's some films that we've already covered in depth like The Bodyguard so we'll probably just skip we'll over just that just skip that because yes. we did a play by play of that because you did as well <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but god I mean Aladdin the animated movie one of the first films I ever remember going to the cinema to see so I was about six so this is when I would have started really kind of noticing film that mm. film became something different it became an actual thing yeah I remember in fact I think Aladdin is and now it could have been I do remember going to the cinema to watch uh, Homeward Bound but I'm not sure which one so I don't yeah. know what year it was uh, but I just remember The Cat and the Dog um, I think though Aladdin, Aladdin is the earliest memory of we're going to watch it and I can very clearly remember the whole going into the cave for the first time the carpet coming to life yeah being a young child, being like, how are they going to get out of this scenario? This, you know, the, 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 the genie, apparently. There you go, you know. genie, mate. Last of the Mohicans, mate. 
Right, so we always like to start off, we always like to do a reverse top 10 so you know what films are coming up and what was popular in 1992. So number 10, Wayne's World. Wow, okay. Number nine, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mm-hmm. Number eight, Sister Act. Great movie. Seven, A Few Good Men. Fucking hell. I mean, just one of the best scenes. That's what I mean, mate. We're that, to- that's what we talked about in the 90s. Courtroom drama. Courtroom drama. They fucking good loved it in the 90s. Do you know what they also loved? Alien 3? The, no. No, the, no, they didn't. But, no. They, but they did love Man in Leather. That's right. Number six, Batman Returns. Mm. One of the best sequels ever. Yeah, gutted that we never got the the third in the Tim Burton trilogy, yeah. um, where Two-Face was going to come into it. But... Um, Maybe you got a good payout. <laughs> I did see, I did see a behind the scenes this week actually of Michelle Pfeiffer uh, knocking the dummy heads off with the whip in one take. Yes, that's I've and heard that wasn't any this. form of like wizardry. She learned how to do that. That that's insane. That is insane. That that Harrison Ford's not doing that for the no. next Indiana Jones. No, no. Number five, it's time to go back to the sequel house. It's Lethal Weapon three. I mean, Joe Pesci. Number four, Basic Instinct. Number three, another sequel, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, where famous American president Donald Trump refuses to help a lost boy. <laughs> Never forget. Number two, somehow, My the, Ducks. the bodyguard. Oh, there you go. And number one, Aaron's one of one of Aaron's favourite animated films of all time, one of the box office in 992, Aladdin. Mm, not Brave Little Toaster. Not Brave Little Toaster. But what about the awards that came out of this year? Well, best film went to Unforgiven. Director went to Clint Eastwood for... Unforgiven. Best supporting actor, Gene Hackman, went for Unforgiven. But it wasn't all, you know, plain sailing. Actor, Al Pacino for Scent of a Woman. Emma Thompson for Howard's End. And if you thought 992 wasn't crazy enough, mate, who do you, who won Best Supporting Actress? Marissa Tomei for My Cousin Vinny. Yeah, Oscar winning. Oscar My Cousin win- winning. I've got <laughs> really. that. So 1992 was a time for the underdog. Nirvana released Smells Like Teen Spirit. They opened Euro Disney and capitalism was able to finally kill the evil communist for Iron Curtain as the Cold War was officially declared over. But that wasn't all. Microsoft released Windows 3.1, still one of the best operating systems in my opinion. Barcelona held the Olympic Games while Denmark shocked European uh, shocked the European continent by winning the European Championship football competition. Whitney Houston told us that she would always love us while Michael Jackson tried to heal the world. 1992 gave us the film debuts of Gillian Anderson in The Turning, Jack Black in Bob, Rob, uh, Bob Roberts, Tony Collette, Daniel Craig, Penelope Cruz, Aaron Eckhart. That's Two-Face, Aaron Eckhart, not the other one, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Donald Faison, Ralph Fiennes, Jamie Foxx, Walton Goggins, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Maggie Gyllenhaal, Lena Headley, Famke Jensen, Toby Jones, Ashley Judd, Laura Linley, and so many more. Including Carl Urban, Hilary Swank, Toby Stevens, Kerry Russell, Rosie O'Donnell, Michael Rappaport, Rose McGowan, Bernie Mac, Gary Sinise, Will Smith, and so on. I like too, mate. It was quite the year. I can hear. Yeah, you go, mate. So a lot of exciting things come out there. And like we say, 992 never comes up at the top of your list for what was the best year of film. We're about to show you why you might be wrong about the little year that could. Starting off in January, mate. The hand that rocks the cradle. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop oh, just stop, before mate. you get on it, because this stop, is your episode. Mate. I've just taken it upon myself to write down Ooh. what I think you're going to crown as your 92 best film. Shocking. What it could be. Yeah. What it should be. Yeah. An absolute wild card. Then there's two. Okay. So I've got three, three, three categories, what it will be, what it should be, and then two wild cards, which it depends on what t- what day I've got you on. Yeah, fair it enough. Could be. I'm going to reveal them at the end to okay. see if I've got any of these four, these right. 
My dogs is on there, isn't it? No, I haven't, I haven't put my night dogs. I haven't. No. Right. So January starts off with The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, a quite terrifying film that definitely wouldn't be made now. She loses a child. Should, her husband yeah. has sexual, uh, sexual allegations. So, you know, she loses the baby horribly through... So then she basically goes and steals a family. She's yeah. fucking horrible. Before CRB checks. Yeah, it was, it was just get this job. There, that's fine. It's easy. Uh, the believe the critic said that the hiring scene wasn't realistic enough. It was like well, fucking. It was the night. <laughs> what did you want? I I, uh, I I remember this movie. I remember the ending. I remember falling on the picket fence. Like the the absolute American <laughs> the <ending>. Americano. <laughs> like, yeah. um, there was another film that came out later called Juice with Omar Eaps and Tupac Shakur. And the only reason I bring it up is everyone says that. Paul Rudd doesn't age. Have you met fucking Omar Eaps? The, the man's been like, he was in series two of ER. He's one of the main cast in the house. The man doesn't age, mate. Yeah. The man goes on forever. He's got some of that vampire blood. He does have some of that vampire blood. I haven't seen it. I also didn't see the film Free Jack starring Emilio Estevez and Mick Jagger. He was the night. <laughs> <laughs> so um, January, not a strong month, mate. I'm going to tell you, it didn't start off well. But they never do. Because remember, in America, they, they get all their Oscar films out the late of the year. January's a slow time for film. Yeah, January is an odd one, isn't it? Because it's it's not it's after post Christmas. It's, it's cinema goers. You're saving your blockbusters more for for July. Yeah, exactly. Um, you're certainly releasing your potential Oscar winners and nominees September, October, November onwards. So exactly. yeah, January. It's January's a never strong month, really, isn't so, it? So so whilst we've thrown away quickly away from January, what about February? Well, I've got three films here, mate, and we could talk about length between any of them. I'm going to start off with Wayne's World with Mike Myers and Dana Carvey, basically because it launched the career of Mike Myers, who will go on to obviously Austin Powers and great things. And of them all, Wayne's World is the one that actually ages okay. Like you can't, Austin mm. Powers, you can't live in that world now. The, the, the jokes are risque. They're funny, but I don't think they'd hold up. But Wayne's World, you can go back, mate, like mm. a nice cuddle. The jokes are funny and they're not overly... They're not offensive at all. The jokes are quite good. The problem is the second one's the remake. It's the same film. Yeah. But the first Wayne's World, I've got fond memories of. I like the first one. Don't think I'll ever watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever watch it again. Is the first one the one with Rob Lowe in it? Yeah, Rob Lowe's in, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Rob Lowe's in the first one because he's trying to have sex with Cassandra. Cassandra, yeah. Swing. Swing. Yeah, that, oh, maybe you can't make it anymore. That's one of my favourite scenes though. They're playing hockey. Game on. Yeah. Game off. It's very... The joke about, and we mentioned this a few weeks ago, product placement. We yeah, were about, I love that scene. That's yeah. great. That is fantastic. It's just the little bits that make it. Uh, the Alice uh, Cooper cameo isn't into the second one. Bit disappointing. But you do have like Def Leppard. I yeah, might not be Def Leppard. I apologise. Big bands. Mm. I like it. I think it's fine. What about, there's a story here, mate. They were friends, despite what Hollywood told you. But Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Lone had bants going on, they mate. They did, yeah. And uh, as a joke, as a joke, Arnold Schwarzenegger let it slip to Sylvester Sloan that he was interested in doing a film called Stop or My Mum Will Shoot. And he did this in the hopes that Sylvester Sloan would sign on the dotted line before Arnold did. Arnold, who had read the script and realised what a big bag of wank it was. <laughs> but Stallone, mate, he wanted that dollar dollar. He signed up and gave you an action film called Stop or My Mum Will Shoot, which was essentially... Uh, do you know what? It's all right. Go on, talk to me about stopping mum I don't have the fondest memories of it. I remember being a um, a connoisseur of Stallone yeah. when I was a young, budding, upcoming film enthusiast. And I remember getting that one thinking, 
comedy. 90s could be good. It's got a few moments to it. I like the whole take your mum to work day kind of feel that it has. But he's a, he's a tough as nails cop, mate. But that's where I lose it with it, you know, like, because he is, but then there's a mum, there's a lot of like, and I suppose that's the comedy. Yeah, it's still loose, loose, loose there, mate. There's a comedy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think my point being is that it is a massive miscasting. It's Hollywood throwing his big dick around going like, he's hot. He brings people into the cinemas, um, get him in it. That role would have been much better to Billy Crystal or someone yes. else of the time who, who would have ran with it and made it much better. Well, I'm just following your rules, mate, because this is, you know, your podcast and you say that we should all automatically discuss if a film mentions its title in itself. Yeah, yeah. Should it be considered for the vault? And I distinctly remember Sylvester Stallone screaming at the top of his lungs, yeah. stop, or my mum will shoot. Yeah. And it's, I think and that's it, when it lost credibility. And it, <laughs> up, well, until, it, up until then, it may be passable, but yeah. no, after that, it's terrible. A bit of vomit came up, you know, in that, <laughs> in that scene. Uh, yeah, it wasn't a good film. And Sylvester Stallone, uh, I imagine, gets frequent emails from Arnold Schwarzenegger, always remembering that in 1992, he forced him to star <laughs> in Stop My Mum Will Shoot. Number three, mate, I, I saw this film. I rented this film. And I don't I still, I'll tell you now, Sean Connery's on the pit, on the front of it and it was called an action film and it's the film Medicine Man and I've got to tell you to fuck right off. Medicine Man is not an action film. It's one of the worst films I've ever seen. As a kid, I didn't get it because I saw Sean Connery and I thought it was James Bond. <laughs> Medicine Man is a very long, boring film where he finds the cure for cancer in the Andes but can't prove it, which makes no... Uh, if you found the cure, surely it's quite easy to prove. Anyway, Medicine Man, not for me. So in March, mate, he fucking dials up now. <laughs> I mean, there's a film that I found. Uh, there's two films I found out that happened in March. I mean, you don't have to talk about it. Meatballs 4, which was officially the last oh. Meatballs film. Never, I didn't even know there was four of them. I, I didn't even know there was any Meatballs films. And this one is called Article 99, and it's a film starring Ray Liotta and Kiefer Sutherland. And on on the on the cover, Kiefer Sutherland has the goddamn best moustache I've ever fucking seen. Yeah, I, I've never seen it. I think John C. McGinley's in it. So it's a terrible film. I right? think I think John C. McGinley's in it. I, I have seen it, yeah. Um, it starts off with The Lawnmower Man with Pierce Brosnan, Jeff Ferry and Jenny Wright, which, which we had a conversation with earlier. I've never seen it, but apparently he's got as much to do with Stephen King as nothing. He, he hasn't, yeah. Stephen King, the short uh, Lawnmower Man, is about a guy who's hired and he comes around, takes off his clothes and eats the grass. Yeah as a human yep. lawnmower. And that is nothing like the, although I would, if someone told me Pierce Brosnan did that in a movie, <laughs> you could, I'll pay for it twice, mate. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Howard's End, which won the Oscar. I didn't see it. No, neither did no, I. No. no. Basic Instinct. Have you seen it? Yeah. Again, not, not one I was huge on, I'll be honest. I think, I, I think, think everyone one, watches it for a certain reason. I think it's one of the most overrated pieces of shit I've ever seen. It, the film exists. When you think about Basic Instinct, you think it's about Sharon Stone uncrossing her legs and a lot of people, a lot of sweaty men. I don't understand how that's a thing. That's a, So the idea is that Michael Douglas is a cop and she's the femme fatale. She's the witness. They're, they're interrogating her and she's beautiful and she's not wearing panties. But that's the only thing. Name one other thing about that film. That's it. The, 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 the fat guy, Wayne Knight, the actor, I mean, that's, Really horrible for me to say, but I can't remember what I was trying to say to the guy. Wayne Knight's in it as well. That's it. You can't remember anything about this film. If you like Basic Instinct, please get in touch and let me know why, because I think it's one of the most overrated films of all time. Maybe the most overrated film of all time. Oh, it's not the, is it? It can't be the most overrated. So this came up like, no, so this is my argument. It came up in fourth in the greatest, on the, 
highest grossing films this year. I still don't know why. What, did that many people want to see Sharon Stone's bits? Mm, I can't, I can't, I can't vouch for everyone. I don't know. Do you remember people, do you remember like the sequel came out like about 10 years ago and no one gave a shit? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Michael Douglas at the time there was a powerhouse, wasn't he? Was he was a powerhouse. He was. I mean, he's the, he got people in cinemas. He did, but it's a very forgettable film. Basic Instinct. Is she trying to kill him? Is she not? Well, she's killed my interest. And I don't blame that on her. I blame it on just a bad film. White Men Can't Job, Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrison, who would obviously reunite later for Money Train, which is a brilliant little film. Yeah, White that's Jennifer Lopez's movie as well. It is a Jennifer, mate, I love that film. I, I still think Jennifer Lopez's filmography is genuinely brilliant. <laughs> don't get There's Made in Manhattan. <laughs> but other than that, there's some, there's some all right ones in there. Um, White Men Can't Jump, story about two con artists trying to win some money. It's, yeah, it's good bant. Just been made, remade for Disney Plus, isn't it? Oh, is it? Any good? Oh, yeah, uh, it's not about yeah. I just saw the trailer, um, but yeah. Why my contract? I remember. I remember watching this and uh, enjoying it. I I, I like Wesley Snipes, Woody Harrelson. I remember watching it though, and and when Woody Harrelson gets the money, all the money he needs to be out. Yeah, he gambles I remember it. as a kid being like, "Why are you gambling it?" And then losing it, and then we're back to square one. And, you know, and I remember getting frustrated and being yeah. like even as a kid be like why would you do that and my dad being like it's a film it's it's, it's that's the point of a film <sighs> Ron Shelton movie though so it was it was alright uh, I like I like uh, I like Goodfellas I like Casino I think Joe Pesci's one of the most underrated actors of all time I two think, big hitters this year mate but but my cousin Vinny <laughs> is a, a story of a cop you know, of a lawyer that shouldn't be there. He's trying to rescue uh, two people who've wrongly committed mm. of a crime. In, a, in, in Alabama, a place where Alabama. you don't want to be committed wrongfully exactly. of a crime. He doesn't have the etiquette, mate. It's a rough and tumble. He's definitely a criminal. <laughs> <He's> definitely, <laughs> yeah. His woman, mate, Mar- Marissa Tomei, she knows everything about ties. That's really important to remember because that's drilled into you right from the beginning. And a story about grits. And I'm going to tell you- Grits and eggs. It's I'm all gonna, about- I'm going to tell you right now, I fucking love My Cousin Billy and it's a fucking brilliant film. And anyone who is against it- is wrong. Again. From the judge to the prosecutor, they're all fantastic. And it's like he's learning the law. Like he's really bigs himself up. He's like, oh, I got all the case files from the, you know, prosecution. And he's like trying to use this to seduce Marissa Tomei. He's like, yeah, he has to do that. That's how the law works, you fucking idiot. <laughs> or a hilarious scene, mate, when we first, in- when the three main characters are introduced to each other. And one of the things he's about to be bummed by. It's such a bad film, but also awesome. And it comes down to grits and tires and it's phenomenal. And I won't have a bad word said about it, except for maybe she didn't deserve the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress. Um, Ralph Macchio, isn't it? Ralph Macchio, yeah. This and Cobra Kai. <laughs> a cry kid. That's yep. it. Yep, that's it. Uh, Marissa Tomei though I love Marissa Tomei I love Marissa Tomei she's she an age as well no yeah I mean everyone everyone likes her as Anne May but I mean for me The Wrestler like such a good performance in that movie a, a film that maybe she should have won the Oscar for yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, if I were to jump forward to April mate I don't want you to no I'll just tell you sorry I was just going to say the judge in my cousin Vinny as well is Herman Monster isn't it he is Herman yeah, Monster yeah. yeah he's got such a great delivery yeah great their, voice their banner's brilliant I'll actually start off with two The Player which I don't really remember seeing but I have seen it and Sleepwalkers the other uh, Stephen the King the other Stephen film. King one yeah not great films there are I believe the transitions into the werewolves were actually pretty cool though, but it was 992 we'd werewolves get better were, <laughs> werewolves were hot in the 90s weren't they they were hot in the 90s 
Ferngully, The Last Rainforest. The animated, animated. Where a logger is turned into a small fairy and then fights the smoke, which is voiced by Tim Curry. It was the nice. It was nice. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't you know you were, who was who was voiced by I I I, I want James Woods. I don't know why. I thought he's got a nice. He's got a career. He's got a smoky look about him. So they were all fine. I remember Fern Gully is. I imagine if it was made now, it'd be too woke. That's what people would complain mm. about. It's like loggers have jobs too. They need to do it. But he's instantly turned away because he sees the magic in fairies and things like this. Oh my God, we can't destroy this. He was like, but your fairies, show that you exist and they won't tear down your fucking forest. <laughs> Charles Groban, Bonnie Hunt. Oliver Platt, Stanley Tucci, David Duchovny, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. What film are they all in? I don't know. Fucking Beethoven. <laughs> oh my God, why did it? Of course. Did you say David Duchovny? David Duchovny that been the, this, That would have yeah. been the heroine, sorry. Fucking yeah. 1992. Yeah. David yeah. Duchovny. David Duchovny. Stanley Tucci. Tucci. <laughs> apparently, apparently, according to his website, I used. He didn't play the dog, did he? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he played he didn't play the evil doctor did he play the henchman with Oliver Platt probably I think that's that sounds about right I mean I remember Duchovny mainly and then but he's he's only in it for a split second and Beethoven beats the piss out of him well it's because Beethoven's tied to a chair he's tied to his chair mate that Duchovny was on I mean you know Duchovny's a hero he's guard down for a second Dogs took yeah. advantage of him. <laughs> I, re- I remember there's two two things about Beethoven I really love. One is the sequel when they enter Beethoven into the, the burger eating contest. Which doesn't make any sense, but okay. But it's amazing. I, I, even if I was in that contest versus a dog, I wouldn't be upset. I'd be like, dog's awesome. Dogs need to live. The second thing is there's a scene where they were clearly waiting for a rain day because they needed a scene where there's a montage sequence of where Beethoven is muddy and he's all over the beds and yeah, he's just muddy. You know, yeah, it's the scene where it's like the dad doesn't want the dog kind of thing. And... Um, they were obviously waiting for a rain day that never happened. So the dad turns up and it's someone's just got a hose outside the door, like <laughs> pretending it's raining. And it's the most beautiful summer's day. Um, I also did like the joke as well. It's like where they all have to name the dog and they put the names in the hat and yeah. they don't tell you what the name is. He goes, we can't call the dog that. He goes, but that's what you call Uncle Richard. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, but I'm not shouting that in the middle of the night. <laughs> like, so, it's up there with one of the great mysteries. What was on that for you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I like Beethoven. As a kid, that was a I, real staple movie. In our I can tell you, mate. I think it's still one of the best, one of the best child child films there. Yeah, I, I like that. You, we wouldn't do this now using live action dogs. It's not fair. But I, I like as also in this one. You always forget that there's kind of like a respect with this and a Jack Russell, as I recall. Mm. I actually might be the second one. No, it's this one. I like this one. Stanley Tucci. I think Beethoven's fine. It's perfect. We're going to have a lot here for you to say, mate, in May. You love Lethal Weapon. Mm-hmm. You love Lethal Weapon 2. You even like Lethal Weapon 4-ish. You hate Lethal Weapon 3. Yeah, Lethal Weapon 3 was the... Although it had the interesting... It was the cop Rousseau. killers. She's, she's brought in now. It's got cop killers. The villain used to be a cop. Yeah. He's building... A, he's building... Right, this is what I don't understand. He's building real estate. Yeah which would make him more money than any corrupt fucking thing you're doing anyway. So just, mate, build real estate. Yeah, I, I think out. The, well, the real estate's a front, isn't it, for the for drugs, um, for the drugs and, and the guns and the armor-piercing rounds, which is the big thing, isn't it? The big thing is that it's almost like these villains are, they don't have any honor or code because they're, they're, they're it's yeah. all fear if they're using rounds that will go through body armor. So there's almost like these are the worst of the worst villains that Mur- Murdoch and Riggs are up against. But this is my favorite 
I'm retiring storyline. Yeah. You see, I this is I know you I know a lot of people don't like the third one. Third one's actually probably my favourite. I really like the third one because it's the idea of cop killers coming out. He's got three days left. Every day he's time. You actually feel like you know Murtaugh by this time looks like he's about to retire. It's in the first thing the weapon. He looks like he's, he, could, he, he mean, could easily go for another twenty. I know years. he's got he's, like, fine. he's got like amazing abs <laughs> and, he, and he's like tall for the shit. It's in the third he, one. He genuinely is. Yeah. And then but, by fall for it's like you probably should have taken medical leave by now, mate. You're done. <laughs> do, do you know what? <laughs> this is how weird I am. The first one's my favourite. Yeah, the I first one starts one. with Danny Glover's birthday. Yes, and the family. Just bum rush him, bum rush toilet, him mate. while he's in the bath. <laughs> and I remember, that's what I like about my Murdoch. He takes a morning bath, which is, <laughs> a, big, which is a big effort, isn't it? It's like, who gets up in the morning? And America looks like a hot place. Yeah. You know, so I imagine you, maybe, you know, some night sweats or whatever. And he's like, I'm just going to have a bath before I go to work. <laughs> what time does he, he run the bath? Like, I don't know about you. He's a deep bath, mate. He's just like, oh, get up at four, start, go back to bed. <laughs> just not having a bath before work. And also, I don't want my teenage daughter running in the room with a birthday cake while I'm in my bath. It's a, bit, it's, it's a bit of private time. Yeah, locks don't work. The third one's also where trying to sell the house and uh, Joe Pesci has to give them the truth. It's like, oh yeah. And it reminds you of better films. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, we had to have this remodeled. Why? Oh, a terrorist like rode through here in a car and you're just thinking, yeah, that was, um, that was everyone's favourite mentalist. What was his name? Joshua. Oh yeah, like, oh, um, Gary Busey. Gary Busey, yeah, Gary Busey yeah. drove a car through that. He's like, we had to have the bo- the bathroom remodeled. Why? We had a bomb went off, and you're yeah. like, oh yeah, good. Toilet bomb one. in the second one, that was good. Oh. That, but I, I did. Um, oh no, the toilet bombs in the first one. Yeah, yeah, isn't it? Mm. There was the second oh, one. They drive through one because he's having a shit, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As the South Africans, because diplomatic community means you can have open war, and no one goes, maybe we should uh, do something about the South Africans blowing up, you know, the police department. Everyone's like, no, I, <laughs> diplomatic I, community. Yeah, because I, I, yeah, all right, maybe I'm getting the mix up. But the first one was definitely my favourite one out of, the, out of all of it. One. And then, um, but yeah, Joe Pesci did my head in in the third one. Okay, 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 okay. What do you want? Leo gets. Yeah, and he gets, yes, because he he's the key, isn't he? Because he gets them to the ice hockey yeah. game. And the the good guy's like, this is how they get him. They don't know where he is, but they know he's in the building. So they do a voice announcement. Mm. They say, stay where you are. We're coming for you. But then the cop, who used to be a cop, was like, well, if they did that, why would they announce it? Why would not they just show up? But then they run across the ice yeah. because Rick... Murta, no, it is Riggs. Riggs thinks he can cross ice and climb up a building before a guy can walk through a door. And then for some reason, they play on. <laughs> Which makes me think ice hockey might be an amazing spectacle. So every time someone streaks, they get the shit kicked out of them. Yeah, I think in in, in Mel Gibson's 92 filmography, I'm more of a fan of uh, Forever Young. With a young Elijah Wood. Forever Young. I don't think I've got on there. You'll have to add it to the end. Mate, Forever Young, he's he's frozen. He's a World War II pilot because there's nothing more dashing than that. I have. I think I deleted it because I thought we had enough talking points. He he got frozen and and, and he unhatches, he unfors. He's a, he's, 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 He's old school. He's analog in a digital world, what, even though it's the nineties. What's more believable, that or a kid that puts an Indian in a cupboard and it comes to life? Mate. How are we still? We bring this up every time we do these retrospectives, despite the fact we never do the year it's in. I'm sure we've already done it. But why, Indian in the cupboard. But why haven't we done more on Indian in the cupboard? Why don't they make films like that anymore? I know that that was it. That's because they turn it into kids' programs now. Yeah, they we've do, got the Queen's true. nose, or at least we did when I was a kid. <laughs> You know, those kind of programs. But yeah, Indian in the Cupboard. 
That was a brilliant film. Um, well, we'll keep on the trilogies, mate, and we'll go Alien 3. Where's uh, Ripley now? This franchise just won't let her go, mate. Even even in this one, she's like, kill me. Yeah. <laughs> they still won't let her go. <laughs> like we say, not the best, but it was a That's it was big. a forerunner for digital technology. It it walked so others could run. So it, 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 I, I like it. Yeah, As I in, like my I like my xenomorphs and I like my creature features to be um, ideally uh, puppetry or, or uh, modeling versus. CGI, but I appreciate to get them to run and to move the way that they had to, they went down that route. But um, yeah, and like I say, it was one of the early adapters of cutting edge technology at the time. I appreciate it more now than when I watched it, when I first saw it. Yeah. I, I do think it tries to do both. It tries to be an action film. It does give a lot to the mythos and the mythology because this face hugger, this alien burst out of a cat. So the idea is that it's more dangerous. It's more agile. Yeah. I'd like, I, I thought it was okay. I think I also like the idea of her falling into prison is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, a, a male prison. Yeah, and and also, I think when I was watching it, it had a lot of like the Whalen Company that I was too young to get all yeah. that backstory. In fact, actually, it's only really been an adult that I've kind of got into the like who Whalen are as a company and how they're kind of interlinked with all the Prometheus movies as well. But yeah, Alien Three wasn't the strongest contender in the Alien franchise. I mean. Do you, of all the lists, I think this is one I've probably seen the most because for some reason it's always on our TV. Sister Act, mate. Sister Act. Whoopi Goldberg. Mm. She's a singer, mate. She's dating a mobster. She sees a murder. The FBI decide to put her in a convent. You know, as opposed to fucking anything else that you could do, put her in a convent, who then they get popular and on the TV. The mob boss might find out where she is. Where the FBI? Fucking nowhere. The worst FBI agents I've ever seen. They don't even check in on her and go, have you been on TV? Yeah. Well, well don't. <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's, it's not nuns on the run, is it? No, 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 no. It's not <laughs> nuns on the run. And what was the, what was the Robert Zero one where he was in the nunnery? I don't remember. I can't remember what that one was. But the, there was a, there was a spat of nun-based nun movies. Nuns, but Sister Act is the, is the key. Bang, I like bang Sister Act. I Sister do Act. like Sister Act. Uh, I actually, I'm going to be controversial. I prefer the sequel. Yeah, when I like she, when she goes yeah. into, yeah. I still don't understand why she she goes to help inner city kids. I still don't yeah. know why. It's never really explained. Like, is she a nun now? I think that is it, isn't it? By the end of the movie, she's, yeah. uh, you know, she's become one. Um, and then I hope Ron Howard make great, act, great, great directing career. Mm. He did a film that I'm fairly certain is still playing because he's one of the longest films I've ever seen. I saw it as a child. Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise are maybe the worst accents you've ever heard in Far and Away, where oh, they yeah. start off as Irish people, then they win a bit of America, they're dating. I'm fairly certain, though, that they get into a fist fight and Tom Cruise dies. It's not a good film. It doesn't age well, probably. I'm not saying it. Night is, is Ron Howard. I'm going backdraft any day of the week. I love backdraft. I love backdraft. I fucking love myself backdraft. Um, but hold your horses, because in June, maybe we need to move that worst accent support because we have Harrison Ford. A Sean Bean in Patriots. Patriots game. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it as well. My favorite thing about Patriots game is like after they kill Sean Bean at the end, they flew him back in because his death wasn't good enough. So, so they did reshoots because he's like, no, we want you to fall on Die a, more. We want you to fall on an anchor on a hook. Um, so the ever present. So the recasting as well. Um, so from the hunt for Red October, they've recast Jack Ryan, who's probably like the America's version of James Bond. Mm. It's gone to Harrison Ford. 
I liked Alec Baldwin, but I quite like Harrison. I like Harrison Ford. I'm a Harrison Ford apologist. Clear and Present Danger was a was a Jack Ryan, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was a Harrison. Harrison Ford did two. Yeah, they were the two he did. Yeah, and then obviously Humphrey Bald- October was one. And Baldwin, then, yeah. And fucking Affleck did one, which yeah. was terrible. But now you've probably got the best one in Krasinski, Krasinski on the yeah. Amazon series. That's pretty good. However, Patriot Games is so he saves the life. <laughs> Do you know what's best about this film? Is you were right at the end. Samuel Jackson's in it for no reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just, and also it builds up there. You know, someone's betraying the British. Fucking hell, that's weird, isn't it? Is someone's trying to take down the British royal family. I've just remembered. What a great time to do this film. <laughs> um, and he's obviously a member of the IRA, and they track him down. So there's a private dinner, and everyone that this Irish IRA member Sean Bean wants to kill just happens to be in one place. But then randomly, for no reason, Samuel L. Jackson's at the dinner, and it's never explained. They're just like, oh. Samuel L. Jackson's here. Why? Yeah. <laughs> Just move on. Because. Um, House Air, which is a film I vaguely remember with Steve Martin and Goldie Horn. It's fun to remember that in 1992, Steve Martin was probably one of the funniest men in Hollywood. June also gave birth to a film that set at Christmas with a man in leather, Christopher Walken. It's obviously Batman Returns, mm. which is weird that it came out in the summer. They need the blockbuster money there, don't they? They did. Uh Maybe better than the first one. Yeah, I think in terms of villains, I definitely... Danny DeVito pulled it out. Fucking no way, Yeah, controversial, I know, because everyone loves Jack Nicholson as a joke, but I don't get it because it's Jack Nicholson as a joke. Just that Jack Nicholson, yeah. yeah. It's... um, I love that first movie. I love the 89 Batman. I love the score. I like the fact that it is the godfather of comic book movies. It is, it is. That's a good shout, yeah. And... um, you know, I know Superman came before it, but it went. This went dark. You know, this this shows like this one gritty well. Gotham. Fucking what's what's the fucking Pee Wee kills a kid? Well, tries to kill a kid at the beginning. It's like, yeah, it's like, like <laughs> what are we doing with your kid? Of, of adoption, maybe give it you know to a relative. No, fuck it yeah, in the put river. It in the river. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's in a it's in a wicker basket. You'll <laughs> be fine. It's winter. Give him. He, I like to think that he sold his wife. His wife's like, oh no, I don't want him to die. It's like, no, don't worry, you'll be taken in by a group of penguins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'll be fine. They're real clever. <laughs> but I like I like this one as well. It's still got a load of issues with it, but I do like. This. I like as well that there's no origin story. It's just Batman's being Batman. You yeah. know, and he and he takes names in this film like. Everyone goes to like Ben Affleck's uh, Batman as the brutal one, the killer, you know. Oh, he, I thought, but, no, this one. But, you know. He would kill people. <laughs> Keaton's like throwing people in dumpsters with bombs and they're blowing up in the background. Like, he's taking names. I know you shouldn't because it's not really. I think this was the first time I really understood like the secondary villain was sometimes better because Christopher Walken, for no real reason, is just killing people. That's yeah. fine, isn't it? For no real reason. Max at Shriek all. or Shrek or I thought yeah. he was brilliant. It was the first time I really and kind f- of got that the villain wasn't like the biggest character. And Pfeiffer owns this movie Cat, Cat oh, yeah, how can you talk about how Cat she Woman is. is brilliant in this film I, again I, I know I'm going to get hate for it but give me Catwoman Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman over Jack Nicholson's Joker any day because it is just yeah. Jack Nicholson and that that gallery scene takes me out of that film every time I watch it you when love it with Prince playing I like it, Prince it? I like the soundtrack I like back dance but I'm not about Jack Nixon doing that. I, like the gassing of the place and when that when the gas mask comes through and it says, wear, wear me or wear this, that's sinister. You then don't need, it completely then undermines it when you've got him going around painting everything. I still don't, because it's so serious. No, no sorry, because it's so anti-serious. There's a scene where the guy's going to slash up a painting of a butcher and, I st- and he's like, no, don't leave it. This is perfect. And I'm yeah. just like, well, who painted this? What sick man has painted this fucking butcher's shop? Yeah, I, I, I know. And people probably listen to this like, no, but that's the most true Joker bit because he's, you know, he's a 
he's psychotic, he's insane. You know? But I, I don't know, this was so tonally in that part of yeah. the movie. I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a fan of that scene. I'm with you. I, I do. I think the second one is actually brilliant. I, I do. Like I, the and I think, one. I think genuinely time should make that. So it wasn't as a financial success as they wanted to. And then obviously we won't, we got the campy Schumacher ones. And so you are to blame for mm-hmm. not enjoying this. It's your fault. I really liked the second one. I even, do you want me? I really love the beginning, like the carnival atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's so imaginative. Mm. It's cool. You've got Danny DeVito driving a fake Batmobile. And it, it still doesn't make sense to me, but still brilliant. Yeah. Um, loved it. Still don't understand how, it, like, <laughs> he trained fucking suicidal penguins at the end. Though, yeah. Who were turned off by a radio signal. <laughs> that Alfred's like, oh, I'm not I'll saying just, it's perfect. <laughs> Alfred's like, I'll just turn the channel. And he's like, oh, let's go home. <laughs> um, Pinocchio was re-released. Don't like it. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't like it. I know it's near perfect film. Probably. I don't care. I don't like it. It was re-released, so it didn't originally come out then, but it was re-released. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio as well as as, as for me now <laughs> is the definitive that, yeah. Pinocchio now. But I didn't like it. I don't know why. Anyway, July. Maybe the best sports film of all time. A lot of people call it. A League of Their Own. Star Regina Davis, Madonna, Rosie O'Donnell, and Tom Hanks. I I. Yeah, I think he's probably the best sports film of all time. Yeah. He's probably definitely in the top three. If it was there easy, with Rocky, I imagine. If it was easy, everyone would do it. Penny Marshall movie. I, I, it's a great film. Yeah, probably do an episode on it at some point, I imagine. Madonna's in it, and I'm still saying it's great. What, high praise. Mm. High praise indeed. You can't beat that. <clears throat> but July, mate, wasn't all about League of Own. There were other people kicking butts and taking names, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you know. Fuck me. Someone saw this and went, let's turn this into a TV series. Lucky. Yeah. Because I, I assume they didn't see this film. Donald Sutherland, wasn't it, in this? Yeah, Donald Sutherland plays yeah. a whisperer. It's a bad film. Sorry, Whistler. Yeah. He plays the original. He plays, uh, he's a bad film. He's a very He's original Giles, film. isn't he? Yeah, uh, no. Yeah. Yeah, he was the Giles. They call him Whistler. He's, he's crap. He's really bad. Like, genuinely. They're lucky. Cool World with Kim Basinger as Gabriel Byrne and Brad Pitt. That's really cool. That was based on the back of... Um, Oh, who framed Roger Rabbit? It was yeah. more of an adulty. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. Mate, Death Becomes Her, I know you're a huge fan. Because Bruce Willis, mate. What what I like about it is Bruce Willis went out there to um to to show the world that he could do comedy and failed. <laughs> it, 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 like, all right, Bruce Willis, yeah, he was in Moonlighting. A lot of people say that's funny. I don't know. I do. I, I like. I, I do like Death Becomes. He's very dark. Bruce is, Willis is best comedy is in Moonlight Kingdom, <laughs> where he plays just like completely deadpan. Yeah, that's actually, his best that's, humor. that's his best humor. Yeah. No, I, I, to be fair, Goldie Hawn is a powerhouse. It certainly was. It, she, it, she was. I mean, she was on Beers and Wild with Mark Gibson in the nineties, which was a great movie. I just maintained that this film, weirdly, in nineteen ninety two, was some of the best effects with the shotgun blast through yeah. one of the characters. Perfectly round stomach. That's that's. That's Goldie Horde, and then Mel Streep's got the Mel twisted Stoop's neck. Mel Streep's got the twisted neck. Yeah. And I genuinely, that's all I think about when I see that film. Mm. Like, they're all... It's weird. And also, Bruce Willis's character isn't nice. He's not likeable, which, no. was, which was weird for me at the time. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm skirting round because... If I could, we'll do Honey, I Blew Up the Kids. Blew Up the Kids, yeah. So this is the sequel where they just... The kid got huge. Yeah. Don't remember it. I actually think it's... I like Rick Morales, but this film's forgettable. It's not Shrunk the Kids. Shrunk the Kids was fun. Yeah, you ride on ants. Yeah. You giant sewer. It's just a giant baby. I, I'll be honest, I love you, Rick Morales, but couldn't give a toss about this film. July will only be famous for one film, mate. If you kill him, it won't stop him. 
That's right. It's John claude Van Damme and Dolph Lundgren. Universal Soldier. Yeah, I mean, he went off to spawn numerous sequels. I remember getting wow. this film. I obviously didn't see it in 92, but I do remember seeing it probably early 2000s, renting it from a video store and, well, parents renting it for us. And yeah, the powerhouse at the time, Jean-Claude Van Damme, who by this point had gone on to do, you know, was it 96 Time Cop? Yeah. Most, you know, I mean, that, that's yeah, where that's, he that's a big one, yeah. Um, Dolph Lundgren, who obviously you know from the Rocky movies, I appreciate this one. Does it? Is this the one that ends with Dolph Lundgren being impaled on a combine harvest? I think kind of so. This one, yeah. you because they both come back. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. They, they would get respawned. No, no, Goldberg's yeah. in one. <laughs> well, they, when obviously when Jean Claude doesn't come back later on, then, no. then Dolph Lundgren becomes the good guy. Yes. In a that's kind of the Terminator second one. switch. But then I think in the third one, Jean Claude Van Damme comes back, and in the fourth one, I'm sure Goldberg's in it. Then in the fifth one, I'm sure they both come back. Doesn't matter. No, no, it doesn't matter. I just realised there's something I really don't care about. Right, so August, mate. Single white female, the other white woman serial killer thing, which is horrible. She yeah. wants that life, mate. She wants it. She's going to take it. Is it all right, film? Um, Pet Cemetery 2. You're that Edward Furlong. That's one. Edward Furlong and um, the Kurgan. Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown's in it as well. Because mm. I'm sure this is one where they kill Clancy Brown and bring him back to life. Because in Pet Cemetery 1, it's uh, Herman Monster again. Yeah, it is Herman Monster. Because this one's got the Doctor from ER in it. It's the same story. I'm sure it's the same story. Can I just say that I love Pet Cemetery? Pet Cemetery, I genuinely think, mm. is a fantastic story. You know, they come back to life, but they don't come back the same. What irritates me about Pet Cemetery 2 is like the grandfather. Yeah, yeah. And the, you know, because he's dead, isn't he? And the, the, the kid's not talking to mm. anyone just because he can see dead. I genuinely hate that. I think Pet Cemetery, the idea that you bury someone, but they come back, but then they're soulless, they're yeah. evil. It's scary as hell. I don't understand that. I don't understand why we don't talk about that, there being a great mm. Pet Cemetery. The, Even the remakes on Netflix weren't that good. Yeah, Pet Cemetery. I remember, uh, again, not to be like, oh, what the book, but I remember out of all the Stephen King, I did go through, like my 20s, I read everything Stephen King had done. And I do remember Pet Cemetery being the being the scariest. Yeah. Not, it was, you know, I remember, I, I don't, I think I actually stopped reading it when he digs up his son. Yeah. I, and I remember thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm all right for reading this now. I remember thinking that, that was a really dark book and a dark idea. Um, and the films are pretty graphic. Yeah. Um, August also gave us Honeymoon in Vegas. I had to get a Nick reference, yeah. Nick Cage reference in there. But August will always be famous, obviously, for giving us arguably one of the best films of all time, a genre-defining moment when Clint Eastwood put on his hat and he was unforgiven. Mm. Um, I mean, we spoke about this very recently on the Gene Hackman episode. Go back a few episodes listening on that one. It's a near-perfect film. It's the best Western. It's yeah. the best, arguably the best Clint Eastwood film. I put it in my top three of Gene Hackman's, probably in the top three of Morgan Freeman's. Probably in the top two of everyone in it. Yeah. It's a pretty good film. I think it's arguably the best film. I don't think anyone's going to go against you with that one. And it's a good story, isn't it? It's a good concept as well around, you know, the the the, the reversal of roles in that the sheriff is the bad guy and the gunslinger is weirdly the anti-hero. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so August gives birth now to September. Now, some of these films, I think I'm going to have to sell you on because I don't know if you've seen them. So Bob Roberts is a film about Tim Robbins. 
sorry, is a film starring Tim Robbins. He plays a like right wing politician mm. who manipulates the media to get what he wants. It's a film that's scarily more accurate now than it is then. So he fakes, he gets shot by a protester, but it's actually faked. But the, you don't know that. It's a, it's a documentary style told through his rise through politics. And he uses music and his right wing ideas to like get people involved. <clears throat> and he gets shot and he's supposed to be paralyzed. And he gets the sympathy vote and he gets voted in. However, you see him playing the guitar and his foot's tapping along. That type of thing is such a dangerously right. delicious film. It's Tim Robbins, who's very liberal. He's got very liberal political views. He's he kind of ripping the manipulative, the spin side of things. <clears throat> I love that. I, my law. Sorry, it sounds like a slice of you. My law teacher in secondary school gave me a copy on VHS. He was like, oh, you really like this film. She wasn't wrong, Miss Green. Thank you very much. You were right. <clears throat> Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth. It's the one that they sold out. <laughs> there was, it, wasn't, it wasn't so much about the skinning, mate. It was more about the doll. It's a, it was a slippery slope from this, wasn't it? It, it? was. It's just yeah. about this is, this is the peak. <laughs> it's a slippery slope where we go all the way to Space. 2022. <laughs> yeah, so Hellraiser 3, it, it changed. It was no longer about sensation. It was like, how can we make a generic slash effect? Mate, have you ever seen film Snakers? So it's so it's Robert Redford, Dan Aykroyd, Ben Kingsley, River Phoenix is in it, Sidney Poitier. I'm going to tell you now is I think I have. Yeah, it's yeah. one of the they rob banks to show you where your problems are. It's basically an IT kind of film. They used electronics and technology and the internet before you before anyone knew what the fuck they were talking about, so you could make it up like the net. Let's never forget the net. Never forget the net where she like. Or games where you, you could order like a pizza through shooting games and stuff like that. You could make up bullshit. Sneakers is genuinely brilliant. Like mm. they, they used to ha hack the planet. They used to be ideologists. One of them is betrayed and you spend the entire film trying to, oh, like, who's who's the villain? It's like, oh, maybe it's the guy played by Ben Kingsley who, was, who wasn't a peer in this pissing film. <laughs> it's a great film. I love Sneakers. Sneakers 99 too. One of my favourite films, actually. You know, underrated classics, not mm. top 10. I love Sneakers. It's a fantastic film. Um, Daniel Day-Lewis, The Last of the Mohicans. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not a fan. Um, yeah, I will find you. It, it's, a, it's, it's, it's... Shit. It, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's violent. It's, it's, it's more violent than you think it's going to be. It's probably the first time I saw a scalping and it happens in the background. There's a scene yeah. where like two guys are talking and just an Indian jumps out of nowhere and scalps a body. And you know, I was like, God, that's a bit violent. Um, Sorry. And yeah, I, I, mean, I probably watched it way too young but, and being excited by like, oh, axes, you know, and, but it's violent, man. It was a, it was a, I, haven't, I haven't rushed back to watch it because Daniel Day-Lewis is one of them people where you have to really, you have to really be in a mood to watch a Daniel Day. I was going to say, the problem is he throws himself into his roles. I'm fairly certain he did scalp a man to get into <laughs> yeah, what your role is. Because he's not the last of the Mohegans, is he? No. No. No, he's not. As I recall, he's not. No, he's not, because he, yeah. he, he, yeah, he, he's not. He's there to facilitate the last of the Mohegans. Right. September. I mean, October, November now, and December are actually, I would argue, some of the strongest ones. Just think of the films that came out. So in October... The Mighty Dogs. Now, mm. nowadays, people are like, oh, what's that? I'm not joking. Arguably one of the best children's sports films. Maybe kick-started, re-kick-started a genre of, you know, the plucky underdog outcast kids get <laughs> Emilio Estevez and they turn into <laughs> championship winners. But there's a really horrible story here where fucking Bombay, that's his name, uh, the coach played by Emilio Estevez, 
you find out he's got a horrible backstory because he missed a penalty mm. and the editor from The Adventures of Lois and Clark <laughs> fucking ruined him. <laughs> there you go. Um, I just remember because it's, it's the film Jake Gyllenhaal turned down, or his parents turned him down. Said, oh, was he supposed to be the... He, was, he got the role in it and his parents said no because he needed to finish his education. <sighs> That's sad. Well, no, actually, it turned out all right for him, to be fair. He's um, done all right since. I think it was, a, it was a great film, and I still maintain my dogs is one of the best trilogies of all time. But it's weirdly, because in the first one, they win a championship. In the mm. second one, they win the Olympics. So you get the scale thing, you know, mm. Batman, you know, the Avengers fought for a city, fought for a world, fought for existence. The Mighty Ducks fought for the locals, for the world, and then they go back to high school and they fight for school. And you're just like, wow. One of these films doesn't fit. Well, it's, like the, it's like the Rocky movies, isn't it? When you watch that, it's like, he, you know, he, Apollo, then he beats Apollo, yeah. then he takes on Club of Lang, and yeah. then he takes on Russia, yeah. and then he takes he on a back alley. <laughs> <laughs> so I still maintain my dogs is brilliant. The first one, very good, holds up. And I turned the TV show now, isn't it? Yeah. You can remake the My Ducks in any shape, way or form. Keeping on the animal theme of Mice and Men. Of Mice and Men, yeah. There you go. Yeah, great, Gary's- great performance there from uh, Gary, Bu- uh, Gary Busey. Mate, Gary Sinise. You've just, mate, you can prove that, Phil. Gary Sinise. And, uh, and obviously, John Markovich not not phoning it in. I I, I do I maintain that John Markovich is the hammiest actor of, the, of all time. Yes. Like, everyone talks about him being a great, and he's been in great movies. You know, he has do been you think in he's Connor. just lucky? He, he has been in... Um, being John Markovich. Being John Markovich, <laughs> you know. And, but he is so hammy that he eats every bit of scenery. And he does as George. No, he's oh, Lenny, isn't he? He's Lenny. He's Lenny. Lenny. Yeah. I think Gareth Sneeze, maybe Gareth Sneeze. Gareth Sneeze's his best role next to uh, Lieutenant Dang and uh, Ransom. Oh, that actually good shout Yeah, Ransom. Mm. Uh, quite at the ending. I mean, see, the, my problem with Of Mice and Men is I've read the book to uh, shit yeah. well, secondary school. So to be honest, yeah. I was kind of glad when he shot him at the end. <laughs> I think we read it in year eight, I think. John um, Steinbeck novel. Yeah, so I, I I read the book and then saw the film mm. and I was just, I was, I was sat there just in my like, front room just going, like, fucking shit with Yeah. <laughs> I know where it's going. You know, he keeps his hand in the glove of- The Vaseline glove. The Vaseline glove is just some shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've underlined this in my notes. How have we not done that episode yet? Under Siege. <laughs> it's coming. Under Siege 1 and 2. Oh, mate. Under Siege. Makes no sense. Ooh, Gary Busey. Yeah. <laughs> Gary Busey decides, for no real reason, to steal a ship. The one thing you didn't count on <laughs> was the chef being Casey Ryback, somehow the best soldier in the history yeah. of the world. And Tommy Lee Jones. I mean, Tommy what? Lee Jones. Yep. I mean, I mean so to be fair, <laughs> went on to do Two-Face, but before that... <laughs> I'd like to point out that the cast list for fucking Under Siege is uh, Steven Seagal, Gary Busey, Tommy Lee Jones, and a giant bag of cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, it's as hammy as it is shit, but it's still quite good. Quite like it. Again, it's 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 Hollywood's fantasy, isn't it, of one man versus an army. Yeah. Put them on a location, you know, a building or an aeroplane or, or in this case, a, a boat. He's on Netflix right now. So oh, if yeah, you yeah. Listen and, to and, it, and Under Siege 2 is on Disney+. Plus. Is it? Yeah, Fuck so we could do them too. I don't want to get too much into it though, but but if you're thinking it's there's man, but there's not enough man on me, somehow there's a naked woman on the boat. So there you go. <laughs> More man. Um oh, one of the best films of all time. It you know, Quinn and Tarantino gave us reservoir dogs in nineteen ninety two. Yeah. I still think he's best. I think he's better than Pulp Fiction. I do I enjoy the opening. Yeah. I enjoy everything. It was different when I first saw it. So when I saw Reservoir Dogs, I'd heard about it. It's like, oh, you'll change how you see cinema. And it grabs you. It does grab you. They're having, you know, a conversation. You hear the radio playing. They're having a conversation about tipping. 
Mr. Blue, Mr. Pink. You have that conversation later as well when they're changing names. A great cast. I think it was the first time Steve Buscemi like really blew him. I was like, oh my God, he's not just weird looking. He's mm. trying to hump an asteroid or whatever it is he's doing in that. And, and, he, and it very much is a play, isn't it? it yeah, you know, I remember yeah. watching it and it was the first time where I thought, you know, the, it's almost written as a stage play. It's like Mr. White leaves and so-and-so enters. And it kind of, it's that ever-evolving door of people off doing their thing and they come back and the camera stays stationary. I hadn't also seen a movie quite like that. This is kind of, I know it's not purely single location, but it, it's very much in the the rendezvous point, isn't it? In the warehouse. Yeah. Um, and of course, obviously the ear cutting scene. I was going to say, I, Mr. White is, I don't, I'm trying to be positive. And I, usually when I say that, I, I then rip the piss out of someone. But I think Michael Madsen has done an incredible, he's got an incredible career with someone with very little talent. And I don't want to be that dig, but he he rode the coattails of this. Like, yeah. like literally, I can't think of a single other time. Oh, wait a minute, what's that film where he goes around and fucks things? Species, there you go. <laughs> defining, defining films. Where he tries yeah. to not put his dick in an alien. There's, um, there's <laughs> famously as well, Reservoir Dogs was the movie that John Carpenter walked out of, saying it was too violent. yeah. He's done that twice, though. He did that with fucking... Well, not too violent, but he also didn't want to do Inner Space, mate. So, <laughs> two classic films <laughs> that he's just left on the coin room floor. Yeah. Um, Reservoir Dogs, I still think, is probably the best. You've made me re-want to watch Jackie Brown. Yeah. I do want to catch that again. Maybe. Um, and then, finally, for October, the bitch of the horror world, Candyman. <laughs> yeah, not overly <laughs> impressive, is it? I think of them all... So the storyline is arguably one of the better ones, but mm. the storyline is not in the original story. They brought in the writer of Hellraiser to spruce up the story and they turned it into the slavery, turned into a love affair, turned into he was punished extra, which is why he gets the bees. But I always imagine Candyman would just get the shit kicked out of him by everyone, including the like jigsaw. Mm. <laughs> it's just like, you know, he'd say the name, he'd end up in a trap. I don't like Candyman. I do like uh, Todd though. Yeah, fine. Tony Todd's cool. I mean, it's infamous now with Tony Todd, isn't it? Uh, November follows October because that's how calendars work. I've heard that, yeah. yeah. Passenger 57. Wesley Snipes again. Wesley Snipes. Can I say as well that this film is the first film I ever saw where the terrorists were actually like proper bad. Yeah. Like, I'm sure that the terrorists shoots like kids and women and, and Wesley Snipes hides and it happens so quickly. Like, I'm sure like within 20 minutes, he's underground mm. on, on the plane. I think uh, Passenger 57 was pretty good. Mm. Bram Stoker's Dracula, Albert. Wait a minute. <laughs> Get the accents all back up, mate. So, uh, yeah, maybe this one. Yeah, yeah I, I, to me, it's like, I, I've listened to Gary Oldman talk about it no end of time. That it was just, he jumped to the chance to work with Francis Ford Coppola. And of course you would. The cast is insane. You know, got Sir Anthony Hopkins in it. You kind of reach Winona Ryder. Tom Waits is in it, you know, so I mean, I love Tom Waits, you know, he plays uh, Renfield in it, but um, it's just, I don't, it's not my favourite, I'll probably get crucified for saying about Jack Nixon as a joker, but I'm going to say it now as well, that I I don't think Gary Oldman's vampire Dracula is, is, is anywhere near my top five vampires. Do you know what's really weird? This is going to be the definitive telling of it, of the story. Well, do you know what's weird? I don't remember this film. Like, I know it sounds really I've seen it multiple times. Mm. The only thing I remember is, whoa. <laughs> you know, he says, you know, he says a line in it, but he's got very, 
he's got very bad accent. Yeah. I mean, well, I've got to go to London. Yeah, that's it or something like that. I just, that's all I can remember about it. And yeah. I don't think, if you're the best, surely you can see through. Like, Under Siege, that's a bad film, but I remember it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and I always maintain, if you're going to, if you're going to make something bad, at least be bad and exciting. Mm. I think you're bad and forgettable is far worse. Um, Malcolm X with Denzel Washington, yeah. probably his defining role in probably the, I mean, he went on to play like the hurricane and things, but this is probably like the biggest role he'll ever play. Um, I saw Malcolm X way too early and didn't understand it. Mm. But also because it kind of, I didn't understand it and it bored me when I watched it when I was like 11. Yeah. I don't want to go back because in my head, I've got a memory of not ex- liking the film. Spike Lee's fantastic, amazing film that everyone says he probably should have won the Oscar. Yeah. It's quite long as well, isn't it? I think that's as a child, mm. it's just, and that's, that's really bad and you have to get yourself out of that mainframe. But I, mindframe. But I'm never going to have like a spare four hours and go, do you know what? I'm going to rewatch this fucking Malcolm X film. Yeah. Maybe I, mean, I should though. It, it, I mean, yeah, I watched Saw the other day. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I watched Malcolm X not a lot, probably a couple, definitely within the last five years. And you're right. I mean, it, it's the, the, the subject matter and the narrative is, is obviously important to, to give it, yeah. you know, the, the time to watch it. It's paced really well and, and the performances are fantastic. And like you say, it's about a subject matter that it's one of them things where you're like, I don't know the subject matter. Yeah. I feel guilty because or ignorant because I should. Therefore, it's, you know, I think essential viewing. So I quite like Michael Max as, as a film. Yeah. No, I, I need to go back and rewatch it. And what's weird is someone bought it from me on DVD or Blu-ray and I had it for the longest time. And mm. I think I got my, my money back from it because I never took it out of its cellophane. So I got exactly what they paid for yeah. it back. I'm just supposed to be a bad person. On the flip side, though, ah, you know, Bad Lieutenant, I have seen Harvey Cartel's penis yeah. a lot, and I love Bad Lieutenant. I think Bad Lieutenant's a phenomenal film. Mm. It's a horrible film. Mm. So this is the one where a nun's sexually assaulted, and he's a corrupt as pierced cop, and he 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 has a crisis of faith. He wants to do the right thing, and there's a scene where he's trying to tell her, and I still think he's one of the best bits of acting. And I think this is where, for me, as a child or as a young film enthusiast, I never understood why Harvey Cartel was put in the same bracket as Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. And this is the film that showed me when he's having a breakdown, he's got gin in his hand, he's naked near a piano, like proper screaming. And he's desperately trying to get a nun to bake her code and say, just tell me it was that guy and I'll, and I'll do them. Yeah. But she's like, I can't tell you for certain. And he's begging her. He's like, please do this so I can do the right thing. And he doesn't. It's an absolutely horrible film that Jamie makes you feel bad. But a fantastic film. And when everyone says the sequel, Bad Lieutenant, New Orleans with Nicolas Cage, and I say to them, I actually think that film's all right as well. Not as good, but it's fine. Yeah, it's the film. I mean, it's in Nicolas Cage's top five, isn't it? Is it? He says it's one of his, like the films he he needed to do. Uh, Val like, Kilmer's in that one as well, isn't it? Oh, isn't is he? it? Yeah. Yeah, so um, I, I, I'm fine. I'm fine with the second one. Um, oh, Joe Pesci, mate. <laughs> Just time it's nearly christmas mate it's time for you to go back to the old ball bag it's time to harass a kid this time in new york and home alone too lost in new york but yep. this time tim curry's there so it's all fine and rob schneider <laughs> i rewatched this this christmas just gone Is it, I, and, and, and it's the same film it's a safe film it's charming it's it's funny it plays on all the kind of things that you loved about the first one it really is leave your brain at the door. Now, now as someone who owns a, you know, um, owns, as someone who has a kid, the idea of leaving a kid, your kid, you know, alone like that is, is terrifying. I mean, at one point though, did they, the kid just take the hit? It's like, your parents don't love you. They fucking hate me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, just fuck off, mate. It's a, yeah. I watched it. I watched it not long back and it, and it was a good Christmas film. 
It is a good Christmas film. I, the 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 same joke I always make is uh, Donald Trump just refuses to help a kid. Yeah, you voted for him, and he also got rid of the carpets, didn't he? In the in the Grand Plaza Hotel after the scene where Macaulay Culkin like knee slides across it because he's like, oh yeah, that's cool. Jesus Christ. Um, bodyguard. Don't want to talk about. It. We did an entire episode like you hated it. <laughs> you really do. You just refuse to listen to it. it. Just doesn't make sense. <laughs> the amount of fucking effort we put into that episode as well. Um, I'll I'll raise you with the crying game. Which genuinely shocked me. Yeah. Yeah, genuinely. I, despite the fact that that's a trans actor, I, I didn't know. Mm. It's a great film. Forget the, the this starts off with Forrest Whitaker. It's Forrest Whitaker's death that's the driving force because he's the, the main character is working for the IRA. I always forget Forrest Whitaker's in it. Um, mate, Aladdin. One of your favourite films. Yeah, Come on, you yeah. Love Aladdin. Um, it was magical. It was Robin Williams. It's Robin Williams' film. It's Disney owned it, but it's Robin Williams. Yeah, yeah. And to, and to think as well that the animation worked around Robin Williams, not the other way around, yeah. just shows how much of a force he was. Do you think they had anything to start with and he just didn't give a shit? And so they had to. They, yeah. they had no choice but to change it. Apparently he was just going off, like when he was in the vocal booth, and they were like, this is all gold. And it was harder yeah, to like cut away and figure out what they were going to use. But I mean, it's weird, isn't it? When you think uh, an animated performance, a voice acting performance is a defining role, but for Robert Williams, that's definitely top five performances as of the genie. Yeah, that's, that's probably actually a good shout. I think, I think Aladdin as well. I'd look forward to watching that for my kid when they first understand it. Cause yeah. it's a magical film. If mm. that makes sense. Yeah. I know it's got a genie and everything, but it's, it is the ultimate like underdog story. He's got nothing and he beats Jafar. Jafar's a cock. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, December, Again, not a strong. You've usually got your contenders out. You're never really thinking too much about going forward. You're, you're saving up. It's a Christmas film. Something's coming out. Well, a giant Christmas film did come out in 1992. Michael Caine decided, I'm going for the Oscar. I don't care if I'm acting against felt. The Muppets Christmas Carol. Mate, one of my favourite Christmas, my, my favorite Christmas movie of all time. It's one of my favourite Michael Caine performances. <laughs> it's so fucking weird. <laughs> he just went for it, didn't he? Like, I don't care if kids are watching this. I'm giving you the he, best. He obviously went in there. It's just like, they said to him, it's like, oh, you're acting against, you know, this yeah, felt. Man. And he's like, I'm acting against the audience. Yeah. <laughs> and he gave a speech. The audience's like, perception. He's like, what the fuck are you on about? I mean, a year for Christmas, a... Home Alone 2 and <laughs> Batman Returns, oddly released in June. But I mean, yeah. There's a there's a scene in here where he breaks down when he lets out the fucking death of Kermit the Frog. <laughs> Mate, you fucking dad me in tears. Or when he comes back to life and he realises it was just a dream. And he's like, I fucking loved it. It all happened in one night. And at the end when he's giving away, Mate, Mm. Fucking Michael Caine's over the time of his life. And that, Two times Michael Caine has acted me to tears. It's in this film and when he thinks fucking Bruce Wayne's dead. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm I followed like, him. I followed him. Uh, fucking, mate, Michael Caine, I love you. Um, Brilliant movie. I, Chaplin, I saw this film with you for the yeah, first yeah. time. Um, Robert Downey Jr., really going for it. David Amber movie. David Amber. Um, uh, Richard Amber, not David. Richard Amber. Was, yeah. Richard Amber. Would have been better if it was watch the crocodile. Um, yeah, I, I do like this film. I think Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, I did the shit out of this mm. film. It was very good. Don't really... I've only ever seen it once, though. I haven't really remembered it that much. Uh, I do apologise. I know it's a cracking film. I enjoyed it. Two films left. Scent of a Woman. De Niro, really going for it. Uh, um, Pacino, sorry, really going for it. Who plays his, his helper? Robin. He, right. What else Chris is O'Donnell. He, what is else is he in? Right, because I swear to God, he's in a film where he needs to get married in like two days. 
I don't know about that, mate, but he's in vertical limit. Let's never forget. He's in vertical limit. I forgot. I've, he's doubled his filmography. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's great. The only thing you remember about is the scene where he's blind, though. Yeah, yeah. And he's driving a car. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then, like, no one goes. We see. Uh, don't. <laughs> she had a great ass. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't make that no more. No. no. Um, and number one, uh, I don't like Tom Cruise. I don't think it's been a strong year for uh, Jack Nelson. But you put them together, mate, throwing Kiefer Sutherland randomly. Yeah, few, yeah. A few good men. Um, I, I I genuinely think it's Tom Cruise's second best performance. Yeah. It, and the first one being Drop It Thunder. <laughs> so so uh, A Few Good Men is a phenomenal film. If you like your Nicholson hard-boiled and on the edge of insanity, it's it's A Few Good Men. A Few Good Men was a cracking film as well. That's It's really good. It's one of those films that's, Kind of think of who done it. What does it all mean? A bigger picture. And Jack Nicholson perfectly. You only remember one scene, but that's not the best scene in the film. You, do you want the truth? Yes, please. <laughs> there you go. It was nine nine two. So could be, should be, will be. Yeah. For you, the only film I've got on this list that you didn't talk about was the Australian hit Romper Stomper. <gasps> I'm a bad man. That's Russell a good Crow. film as well. That's a but great film. I, I feel think- bad. Your will be what your 1992 movie from 1992 will be unforgiven as a guess mm-hmm. should be mm-hmm. Chaplin, oh. but you've already said so you can't really remember it. So I, yeah. I can tell that there could be section though. I did have a few. I thought Beethoven, cousin Vinny, uh, under siege are a few good men. <laughs> so, but I think you're going to say unforgiven. I'll be honest, mate. My cousin Vinny, if I had seen it more recently. It's Unforgiven. Unforgiven is one of the best films of all time. Yeah. It, it is. I can't help it. I rewatched it after we did the uh, the Gene Hackman episode. Mm. And I'd watched it two days before we did the Gene Hackman episode. It, the film, as soon as I start talking about the film, I'm like, do I haven't seen it in 20 minutes? <laughs> I haven't seen <laughs> Unforgiven. I love Unforgiven. But the, do you know what? 992, I'm going to rate it now, mate. I'm rating it as a B plus. I genuinely, I don't think it's God tier. Yeah. But I do think it's a very underrated film here. With a lot of great things. A Few Good Men is a great shout. Michael's of it. Mate, Under Siege. Mm. Steven, Steven Seagal's a cock. But for 90 minutes, he was all right. <laughs> we, always, we always use the term in this podcast, everyone's got a death note. Everyone's got which a is death like, note. Which is like, you know, that when you could have a great career, but you could have that one stinker. In this William case, Defoe. it was William Defoe. Yeah, great we, career, but he did death note. Everyone's got a death note. The, got the reverse that is everyone's got an everyone's under, got siege, under siege, <laughs> which is where you've had a shit career, but every now and again, just one good and comes out. Good one. Yeah, everyone's got, everyone's got under siege. Yeah, 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 it's great. Two sides of the coin. Um, mm. I'm going B plus. I thought it was a very solid year. There's some great, starts off slow, but other than that, there's very little walls mm. and does get better. The, the thing I'd compare it to now though, is that when I look at the films in 2021, if you look at them like we've just done, the 90s just, the 90s and 80s, to be fair, mm. which was better. It seems like in the 90s, every month, two or three awesome, except for January, two or three awesome films were coming out. Yeah. When was the last time that happened? We all sit around now as audiences, like waiting until the next Marvel film comes. If that's what it seems like. Or we're waiting for the next superhero films. We were watching fucking Tom Hanks playing a cocky lawyer who was going up against, you know, Demi Moore's telling him, no, don't do it, you can't take him on. Was taking them on, he was taking everything on. Uh, you know, we had <laughs> fucking Michael Caine acting against Felt, and he was not hamming it in. Someone gave Steven Scal money. It was like, do a film. Like, that doesn't happen now. Yeah. It's, uh, I genuinely think, as for, uh, we are getting worse as films, there's less to look forward to. And that's sad and depressing. Also, as I don't feel like we have movie stars anymore. When you look through 
that list, and this is nostalgia. We do have movie stars. I'm talking, but like, it's like, oh, it's Tom Hanks, you know, Gina Davis, but I me, mean, even Madonna, she had a big mm. name. But then you switch that, you see, something to she made over me. <laughs> it seemed to be like there was more going on, there was yeah. more risks. So there was more actors. It, every film had like a different, unique selling point. We've just gone through a list of 1992 and very few films have actually got the similar storylines. Now they're all fucking get bit by a radioactive spider, Spider-Man. It's, I think it's quite tame now. Yeah, yeah 992 I mean, compared to 2022. 992 all the way. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose you know, it's it's difficult when so many great storylines have come out. That's and true. Felt, you know, 100 years of cinema, you're going to start getting some repetition and some themes and, so, and and also the people making films now inspired by the greats, you know, of the, of the eighties, nineties, um, you know, so they're going to influence that way and to and, and loan and take stuff. And as we keep going back to, there are only so many storylines and themes yeah. you can have in film. Um, yeah. I, I, but then we talked about last week, that completely original movies like, not, no, no actually no, that's, you can say beast. No, I was going to say no, but then I realised actually it's heavily influenced by a hell of a lot of films. But do you know what I mean? Like gems no, it, do it, still it come out. It is, and it's unfair for me to say it. You're right, but it just feels like the '90s. There was always there's a quote from The Office from the character Andy Bernard, and Andy Bernard is one of the worst characters. I hate Andy Bernard. I, when The Office he becomes a focal point, I hate it. But he says a line in the last episode where he says, "I really wish the good so, days. I really wish someone told you you were living in the good days." And I feel like. You should. We should have known that. Nice. It yeah. wasn't going to get better than that. And you just feel like now it's not as good. Yeah. But then I'm saying that, and that's nostalgia. I love '90s films. Yeah. Yeah. What They're is that like? Completely it's wrong. So like, I wish someone would tell you when you are in the when good you are in the days. good times. Yeah. It just feels like that. It's like everyone kind of like forgot about it. And yeah. the '90s was such a good time. It is good. I think it often gets overlooked by the the '80s, but it, it, I think it goes punch for punch, pound for pound with the '80s. Mm. It's definitely better than the early 2000s yeah you know when when again it became about soundtracks and not that the 80s and the 90s weren't don't get me wrong but they were good soundtracks versus the 2000s um yeah i mean it's great yeah crowning for me i think i'm going chaplin personally as a personal favorite i think the best film there was unforgiven that year yeah Yeah, hands down my wild card for you mate sneakers yeah i can't believe i haven't seen it Oh, it's I, not the first time you've brought it up on this podcast. I, I was trying sneakers. to remember what episode it was that you brought it up previously. And I remember thinking with that cast well, and that concept, how have I not seen it? Do you know what? We, we were toying with an idea, not saying we we're going to do it soon, but we were going to like, we, we did this a while ago. It was like, wait, I'm saying the film, go find this film, go watch it. Mm. Maybe we'll do one of them in the future. Yeah. I'm sure Sneakers is on something as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we got on to Siege. We're going to have to do that soon. We could <laughs> take we one of them on now. each. Um, we could also Guardians of the Galaxy is just coming out of cinemas yes. obviously by the time this is released it would have been out so, that, so we can actually yeah. maybe have a spoiler conversation yeah, as well time probably do that up. one coming up as well but that has been our show for this week thank you ever so much for downloading if you like it let us know what your favourite film from 1992 is of course we didn't hit them all there's over 3,000 movies came out that year so Which do is, let us know sorry about that <laughs> do let us know if we missed your favourite and as always subscribe to get a new episode each and every week if I don't see you later good afternoon good evening good night goodbye